I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. How's work? It's work like. Hooray for earning a paycheck. Yeah, earning a paycheck is a good thing. It is. I appreciate that. Hooray. Thank you for earning a paycheck. You're welcome. I'm grateful that you earn a paycheck. Me too. I'm grateful that I also earn a paycheck. Yes. Although lately it's becoming increasingly frustrating to do so. Not the paycheck part, but the earning, the working. This is a topic, I think, that gets highlighted for you when it comes near the time to have any possibility of changing your work for the coming year. Yes. And then, of course, in the fall when you're about to start again. Yes. And if it hasn't changed, which was the last couple of years when it hadn't changed, you can kind of try to ignore it for the summer and then it comes back in the fall. I am unable to (laughs) transition jobs. I'm experiencing work-related dysphoria. Yes, you are. (laughs) You are. It's horrible. I'm sorry. Uh, I used to like my job. I used to really like my job. I used to teach high school and elementary. I was doing an entire K-12 charter district. There were, you know, ups and downs to it, but I really liked being able to work with adults and teenagers, and I was able to more be myself. I was just about to say, part of this really is a gender dysphoria issue because you are not able to be yourself around the ankle biters, as I affectionately call them. (laughs) You are correct. And that is more uncomfortable to you because of other reasons that have happened over the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. but also coinciding with my transition, you're not as out otherwise as a very visible queer person Mm -hmm. and then impacted with other reasons of, I don't know what to say about annoying ankle biters causing problems, but... Well, when I came here to our small town, I came here because I was living in Michigan and the jobs were just not there. Everybody was leaving Michigan because their economy tanked faster than anybody else's. Ours tanked further, but theirs tanked faster. (laughs) Yes. And so when there are no kids to teach, there are no teaching jobs to be had. I came here knowing that it was an elementary school job. But in most places, if you are a high school teacher, you can generally expect in the arts to be stuck in elementary for a short while. But if it's not your gig, you work your way up. Right. And you've been noticing more and more over the last seven plus years that that hasn't happened. No. When I first got here, I was here for about a year and a half while I got settled in and I was just getting the lay of the land and figuring out the district. And as soon as I felt like I had my feet under me, I started working in um, professional development, training other teachers how to be better teachers Mm -hmm. because I am a kick-ass teacher. I am really good at what I do. Administrators, my principals have always said, your kids sing better than any other kids I've ever heard. My students are achieving, you know, their their test scores and their abilities improve when I am there. I'm good at what I do. My administrators see that I'm good at what I do. And so they send me to teach the other people how to be better at what they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am tooting my own horn a little bit. But I really liked doing that, too. It was nice to be able to work with adults. If I was going to be stuck with small people all day, I could go at the end of the day and work with big people. Right. And I could swear and they would laugh. Yes. I could be not quite so guarded Mm -hmm. and still be doing my job. Right. 
And then the kids, as about the same time that you and I moved in together. Mm -hmm. Not so much as a result of us moving in together, but more as a result of just the combined timing of number one, starting middle school, number two, starting more formal preschool. Mm -hmm. They both ended up having their special needs get a whole lot more special kind of all at once. Right. Because in each change of environment for a special needs child, there needs to be an adaptation to assist them in that transition. And it's going to come up at that point. It's going to come to the surface yes. and have to be addressed. And so it did. It did. Yeah, they they have they have continued transitions and but those were very big transitions for them. They were. And so being with you I was able to drop back from a lot of the additional extracurricular paycheck work that I was doing. I didn't need to earn the extra paycheck because I had a functional spouse who also earned a paycheck. I'm very grateful to you. Thank you. You're welcome. But if I hadn't, then you'd probably still be teaching some teachers instead of... <laughs> well, actually, I probably... There's not a lot of money in teaching teachers. There's more money in teaching kids extra hours, tutoring and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, if I was still a single parent, I would be working extra hours with more small people. But either way, I was able to devote more time to helping these kids and less time to things that were not explicitly written into my job description. Mm -hmm. And I started enjoying my job less. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. And so since then, you know, I transferred to a different school across town and that helped beat the burnout for a while because new challenges and new experiences can do that. Mm -hmm. But then my boss, who had been wonderfully supportive, left to go be with family mm -hmm. in another state. Mm -hmm. And we have a new boss who is wonderfully helpful, has a lot of music experience, mm -hmm. but was not familiar with the old boys club that kind of exists in our area. Right. She had to get used to the politics here. There's a way things are done just because it is the way things are done. And it took me a while to get used to that, too. I still don't like it. He's nodding his head. <laughs> nodding my head because it happened to me when I got here. Yep. I had to figure out how to, I don't want to say merge or something, but how to okay. meet the requirements of the challenges put in front of me, mm -hmm. in part by taking some classes at, at the university here and stuff, even though I already had a master's degree. You didn't have I, the specific experiences and educational any, opportunities that they wanted. I didn't have any classes taken here. Okay, basically, Let's just very plainly <laughs> state. Yes, the classes they wanted me to take were human sexuality one hundred and one. I'm like, really? Did you read my master's paper? <laughs> um, what was your master's thesis on, dear? Gender identity disorder. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Is anyone surprised? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah, they they want you to pay into their system to prove that you're going to be part of it or. It's it's like, um, oh, I wish the words would work a little better here, but in fraternities and sororities and you have to get... Hazing. Ha not hazing, though. It's not just hazing. Pledging. You're pledging and you have to go through the motions of those challenges put mm -hmm. to you by the pledge. And I say that because I actually had that opportunity when I was in San Francisco. Yes. And part of a lesbian sorority. 
That's totally great. Yes, yes, it was it was very funny. I did it just because what other chance did I have to have this type of Greek experience? I had college no Greek experience. experience. Can I just say, having gone to a religious <laughs> college, Greek was banned at my college. I imagine it was. Because Greek life was considered too close with the potential for ritualistic engagement. It was considered too close to witchcraft. <sighs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyhow. So, yeah, the, the environment around here is very localistic. I don't want to say nativistic, but it kind of is, except their definition of native is... Local. Local, yeah. And, and in some ways, they're trying to protect themselves from what they perceive as a threat, which most communities do. They, they see their threat as coming over the borders, like most places. <laughs> and um, so they're trying to keep out those people. A anyhow... So now you have a new supervisor. I have a new supervisor. And, and she's been here a little bit longer. She's been here now. a while now. She's starting to get the hang of the old boys club. She's starting to get the hang of the way, quote, things are done. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, hey, let's do this. And everybody goes, nope. Right. Nope. We're not doing it that way. And her first experience that I was witness to seeing this happen, and I felt a little bit bad for her. She was genuinely trying to do good things for the arts department in our county. Mm -hmm. She said, okay, these schools have this number of students. That's more than one teacher's worth of students. Let me hire a couple extra bodies. The school district has the money for these extra bodies. I have been allocated these extra bodies in my department, but then these extra bodies have to be sent to actual school sites. And the school sites did not want the extra bodies, including my school site. Right. I have... Over 700 students in a week. And how many should a teacher have, a music teacher? About 400 in a week is four to 450 is considered one full-time position. So yes, I was scheduled a 0.6 person, or I should say I wasn't even scheduled a 0.6 person. I was looking through the hiring process last year, which we podcasted about 52 episodes ago, mm -hmm. or approximately, because this is what we do this time of year. Mm-hmm. We play Let's Find Jess a New Job. Yes, please. <laughs> and on the district's hiring website, there's a 0.6 position for my school. And you say, that's interesting. I say, that's odd. Did, you know, what's, what's going on with this? And I didn't even see it until, let me back up, I got an email from two other of my colleagues in the district saying, can I come work with you? Would you recommend me? We've worked together before, or I was in your class about integrating technology and I was in your class about grading. I was in your class about, can, can you recommend me to come work with you? Yeah, too bad that wouldn't be helpful. It would have been helpful to me, mm -hmm. but my principal didn't want the people and the way that we have our schedule structured didn't really support the way that they were offering us the people, which was three days a week. That's the problem with a 0.6 rather than a 1.0 person. Yes. Is that school schedules here are a little odd. They are a little odd. To me, anyway. Yes. So this person would have been coming to my school site three days a week and going to a different school site for two days a week, making up their one full-time position, giving 0.6 to my school and 0.4 to another school. And I thought this could be helpful, but I don't see how it's going to work. And so I emailed back both of these people who had emailed me saying, I'm not quite sure. I'll be happy to recommend you, both of these people I felt comfortable recommending. 
and you know, I'd be happy to work with you, but I hadn't heard anything about this, so let me talk to my administrators, mm -hmm. my boss and my principal. And I emailed both of them at once saying, basically, did someone forget to tell me something or did someone forget to tell anybody in the whole wide world something? Mm -hmm. And that was basically what had happened was that my boss had said, oh, this school has numbers for an extra person and just decided to send us an extra person without actually checking. Is that going to fit into the way that our school schedule has been adapted? And if that person could take on a portion of the work at a three-day-a-week deal, that would be different. But because the schedules are quite so odd of what kids come on what days, yes, they don't come on those three days. They do not. They come in some other pattern. They do. And they, they go to each of their special subjects, su yeah. special subject classes in a differentiating pattern. It varies from week to week. It's kind of a rotating pattern. Anyway, the bottom line was she was trying to be helpful, but it really wasn't. And it ended up causing more stress for a whole lot more people because she was trying to be helpful, but the system was not allowing her to be helpful. And she can't change the system. She cannot change the system. Well, she... she cannot change the system as quickly as she wanted to change the system. Right. Well, that that's good. That leans towards she eventually might could. She might possibly. Could. We hope. <laughs> and I think. Yeah. I'm adding in all those things our teenager says when he's trying not to admit something. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So then a couple months ago, she was trying to be helpful again, which I really genuinely appreciated. But again, she just didn't communicate first and find out if what she was trying to help with would be genuinely helpful. Now, hopefully you're teaching these teachers communication skills. <laughs> You'd think. You would think. Now, I'm not teaching any teachers anything right I, now. I know, but when you were, hopefully you did. Maybe you should offer this. I maybe should. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I think. It might help. <laughs> Anyway, I get an email from the professional development department, which I used to work very closely with when I was teaching professional development classes, saying, please sign and return this form for your upcoming training days so that we can allocate a substitute teacher for you. Right. And I say, I'm not scheduled for this training. And it was a workshop training that was being offered numerous times throughout the year. And every teacher at my school was expected to attend it at one of these times. And I was already scheduled to attend the very last one of the year after all of my concerts were done. And I had no more, you know. You weren't slacking and signing up for the training. I was not slacking. But they emailed me and said, can you sign the form for this training? And I said, I'm not scheduled for this training. I'm scheduled for the one in a month and a half. And then the email comes to me from my boss and says, you should consider this training. I don't know why you don't want to go. And I say, no, I am going, just not to this particular date. Because you had a concert. Because I had a concert. Yes, you're the music teacher who has to have I, kids have I, a concert. You, you want to send me a substitute, you're welcome to do that, but they're not going to run my concert. That's a no-go. Well, and that's not how it works with teaching you have to do your job anyway <laughs> Yes. before the sub gets there and it's, then after they leave. Yes, and it's not worth it oftentimes to... I, I have to work harder to get lessons ready for someone who may or may not know anything about music so that I can be absent. What I might that, as well just wait. go in and be sick. So I appreciate that my supervisor has really good intentions and really wants to do things the right way, but the culture in 
backwoods American West is not conducive to doing things the right way, the best way, even the useful way. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm thinking about how this applies to other things. I've probably been assimilated. You have been assimilated. I'm concerned. I've been assimilated. I'm sorry. (laughs) Resistance is futile. Yes. You will be westernized. (laughs) You've had some interesting experiences. Yes. I, I have this happen at work, too. In general, when you're working for the government, you have some measure of job security that the private sector does not afford. But in return, you are making up for it in not getting to choose your clientele or your colleagues the way that you would get to in the private sector. I can't choose that I want to find a better boss or a better set of students or I don't get to pick that. I don't know if I agree that it's a job guarantee because we've had lots of concerns about that over the last several years. But in most places it might be or it has <laughs> generally been considered when you and I were were coming up Yes. That 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 was a type of job that had more security. That's not why we ended up in those jobs, but that's why I end up in this job. I could be a professional performer, but I can't do that with kids. No, especially not with these kids. That but is, <laughs> for in my case, that is why I ended up in government employment okay. because I knew that I needed to support my kids. Well, I ended up there because those were the jobs that were available in my area. Mm-hmm. But you've had your own experiences with fun in government employment. Yes, fun being the interesting descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a slightly um, ironic use of the term. <laughs> I did check before I came to the first job I'm in now. I checked to see what kind of supervisor there was because I was afraid of that type of government supervisor and was able to find out that I had a good supervisor. So, yeah, you do have those concerns. And that would be I mean, the Jesus guy that we talked to before. Yes, that was my former supervisor. But when I started with this government work, I wasn't thinking about that because I don't think the private sector supervisors I had were very good. And the job that I was going to go to in the government had more room to, at that time, move up. Right. I've done that all that since then. But equally so, there is an issue that can happen between workers and coworkers where you have a boss who's good at a certain thing but ends up with employees that weren't originally theirs or aren't necessarily in their sector or other type of variations on the same. And then we each have our own skills, which might make us good at our position, but not necessarily good at figuring out how to cooperate with each other or do the parts where we have to work together. And that's where it gets interesting (laughs) for me. Yes. Because my supervisor is constantly trying to find better ways for herself to be organized in dealing with our sectors that she's inherited after my supervisor Mm -hmm. left. Yes. And the other jobs they've given her in the meantime, which weren't originally part of our section at all, and have more so taken over her job. Mm -hmm. So she'll come up with something like, uh, recently she had a spreadsheet where she's trying to put the new jobs that are coming in Mm -hmm. on there, and that would be our way of keeping track of what's on a wait list. On like a shared network drive or somewhere in the cloud that everyone could access it and everyone can mark on there, I've got this incoming piece of the workload. I've got that incoming piece of the workload. I know I don't have to do this because they have it. Right. That that would be ideal. Is that how it worked out? No, because the three of us who use it the most have such different ways of organizing ourselves that it's rather impossible to follow each other's ways of doing things. <laughs> 
So my supervisor makes a spreadsheet and puts a new incoming job on there, and they're supposed to go down the line. And then I would leave the job on there and say it was assigned. My coworker would do something else entirely, and my boss does some other thing entirely. So we can never understand each other, and we're constantly saying, did this happen or did that happen, which is not the idea of having this wait list. <sighs> so we're helping each other. You're helping. Whether it's helpful or not. <laughs> That's the other thing that happens in government employment is oftentimes you, you end up with this helping by regulation. Oh, yeah. Those those are... I, I have to help the because most, it is my job. The most unhelpful Whether things are the regulated ones. Whether or not it's actually ones. helpful. It is we were, regulated that I shall help in this manner. Yes. <laughs> Whether you find it helpful or not. So mm. there. And sometimes we do these things to ourselves. <laughs> yes. Such as? Because we've been assimilated. Yes. <laughs> such as trying to then make the spreadsheet work when I'm really not sure if it's anywhere close to what its purpose is. You had been writing in that you had picked up a certain piece of the workload and leaving it there so that if anyone had a question about what is the status of this piece of your workload. What happened to that? Who did it go to? Yes. Yeah, that thing. And your work wife, who is also part of your department, Mm -hmm. was she doing the same or was she doing something else? I don't think she wants a spreadsheet at all. She wants something else. She was ignoring the spreadsheet. Not ignoring it. She's got her own list. She has to do it her way. <laughs> She's got her own list. Yes. And her and she keeps the emails there. And then she asks me if I have this case. And if I don't have this on my list, then we try to figure out what happened to it. Because either she should have it or I should have it in this particular spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Which is simple enough then. But when it's not in, I don't have it and she doesn't have it, but it's somewhere, it's still on her list. Then, then we have to track it. Is it on my boss's spreadsheet? If it's not on my boss's spreadsheet, did it get to my boss's spreadsheet and get taken off because she thought it was assigned to one of us? Or what happened to it? Can you see that this is just not working? And eventually but, there had been a situation where someone was like deleting you know, when things were picked up and it was recorded that things had been picked up, they were getting deleted from the spreadsheet. But not not exactly. <laughs> the title or the sender of the job was being deleted and then everything else would shift. So now all the information that belonged to that shifted to some other job that it doesn't belong to. They weren't deleting the entire spreadsheet entry. They were just deleting the one section and then all the rows They weren't would... going across the whole row or something. And is then, my best guess, because so, I can only guess. And so then the sender's name would be shifted off by one job. The sen or, or some other section. Some yeah, out the, of 10 sections, mm -hmm. seven or so of them would be shifted. And now it's done a Tetris thing that it belongs. It's got answers at the back that belong to some other job. And this job has already been assigned. So what happened to the other one that used to be there? And we don't know. And and, and then your boss sees that you've done some job, but it's not really that you've done that job. It's that you've done the job two lines above it. And all, all that <laughs> she's looking for is, where's this job? Is it still on my list? If not, that means I've assigned it. Right. That doesn't mean that to me or my coworker. No. To me, it means I have the job or my coworker does, or it's gotten lost, which is not the spreadsheet is there to keep things from being lost. Are you sure you don't work for the VA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, huh? That's it. Sounds like that what they sounds were doing. like the stories come out of there. Yeah. Well, no. so that's why my coworker likes to have her own list. That's understandable. And, and then what I do to understand what's happened is I print all these job tickets as they come in. 
and the email they came with. So I have a date and timestamp, and I have the actual job order, and then I can track it physically. Yes. So we each have our own system within the overall system because <laughs> we don't know how to interact with each other. The system. <laughs> so we help each other, whether it's helpful or not. <laughs> That's great. Yes. And now you got to observe some other helpfulness around Christmas time too, didn't you? When as a government agency you had received some donations of ready to assemble. Yeah, those poor donations. Guys. <laughs> those poor guys. <laughs> well, they they gave it to the guy because when things need assembling they give it to the guy and yes. so you're a you're a things... finger guy and so they gave it to the security guy. Right. And they thought he had more time on his hands because he just sits there at the security desk. <laughs> because he's just sitting there. He's not actually like watching the cameras or monitoring people as they come in and out. Or, or... telling them where they're supposed to go and then watching that they're going where they're supposed to. No, All instead which... we're going to have him assemble donations. Yeah, so that was funny because he knows he's always going to get elected for everything extra. <laughs> we just laugh at him about it. Um, and usually he laughs along. He's pretty good-natured about it. He is pretty good-natured, but unfortunately... The, they sent him a helper. They sent him a helper. <laughs> I don't know if we even need to explain more than that, but they did send him a helper. So oh. I will say a, a brief bit more. I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, because it's not the person that's a problem. It's the problem the person was having at the time. The, this gentleman has uh, he had had short-term memory loss. He did. I, I don't know if he's, he has it now, but he had had a big unexplained incident where he ended up in the hospital for a long time and came out of there. Something to do with his brain, something to do with some kind of, I don't know if it was bleeding or strokes or some kind of, nothing that anybody could explain. So nothing that simple, but right. but he came out of there and he had at the time short-term memory loss. And they, as a government agency, are required to put him on whatever kind of duty they feel he is capable of doing within the scope of his disability until he achieves full recovery. Well, and he could do his regular job, as far as I know. I didn't. He ask. had adapted to it, or either that, or his coworker didn't say any different. That's I didn't fair. hear her say anything about it. <laughs> but in any case, we called them the the elves because they were assembling things. <laughs> and uh, so I'd say to the security guy, "How's it going?" You know, just razzing him about it. And he's shaking his head, and I'm like, "What?" He's indicating his helper, and he says he he's still having a problem with memory loss, and so. He can't remember what we're doing from one step to two later, or if we just did it or not. And so anyhow, that just wasn't going very well. Oh. But he was the assigned helper, and there's no transferring helpers once they're helping. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It was a little bit funny because the guy with the short-term memory loss knows that he was having this problem, but because of the memory loss, he didn't care because it didn't bother him because he wasn't remembering. <laughs> He wasn't remembering that there was a problem. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, they eventually got, I think they got most of those things assembled. I don't know if they eventually had some other people do it. Poor so. security person. Yeah. So about a week ago, my new boss did get helpful, like for reals. Oh, that's good. Yes. She's and getting the lay of the land, is she? She is starting to get the lay of the land. She's starting to figure this out, and I'm afraid that as soon as she gets it, she'll run away because that's what a lot of people do. They figure out just how effed up our system is and they run away from it. How long did the other one stay before he left? I think he was in his administrative position for five or six years. 
because I was hired by his predecessor. And they transitioned that summer that I was hired. So she's been there a couple of years now. She's been there a couple of years now. And I'm, I think she's starting to get the feel for how this works and how the communication is expected to flow regardless of whether or not it's the most beneficial or useful way for it to flow. There's a hierarchy of who's been here how long and who feels like they're the biggest boy in the old boys club. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the job posting cycle for teachers starts about two months before the end of the school year and continues halfway through the summer. It's this like three month long rolling process of some positions are open and then more positions are open and then certain positions close while they figure out that this school has too many positions and so they need to shift some bodies to the schools that don't have enough people and then they reopen the positions and, and it's, it's the it's, best they can do with the circumstances it's, it's, it's government bureaucracy at its finest okay so i start watching you know the job postings and so I went to the arts department meeting with all the other music teachers and I waited after the meeting and you were feeding kids, you had picked them up from school. And I felt terribly guilty about making you be the dad for once. And I really shouldn't, <laughs> I know, but it sounds bad when I say it that way too, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does. I felt bad about making you... Do all the parenting myself? Do all the parenting yourself, for yes. For like a whole couple hours. Ooh. I know, but I was waiting at this meeting until the end of the meeting so that I could get As a chance should. for a little bit of FaceTime with this woman. Yes. And say, you know, what are the positions that we're expecting? I need to get out of elementary. Working with small bodies all day is making it harder and harder to go home to my own small bodies in my house. Mm -hmm. What is coming open? And in she, other words, please help. Please help. Aim the life preserver this direction. And she told me about a handful of potential openings and, you know, a couple things that we're waiting on, you know, somebody's medical leave to be approved or somebody's educational leave to be approved or someone who was considering a lateral move or a lane change transfer. When all these things came open on a Monday late afternoon, the very next morning I emailed her first thing and I said, when can we talk? Mm -hmm. Because none of the positions that she had mentioned were on the list mm -hmm. in this rolling transfer mm -hmm. process that happens. Where were they? There were a couple of other elementary positions, which... But where were the ones she was talking about? In high schools. Okay. And why weren't they on the list? Because the high school principals hadn't gotten them to the list yet. So they hadn't been approved enough to get to a list. Right. And I emailed her... And I said, I would really like to talk about what the options are. And I was basically, I needed to tell her that if I can't get out of elementary with my music degree, then I'm going to go back for a CS or a math degree because that will get me out of elementary. Right. And she knows I'm good at what I do and she doesn't want to lose me in the music department. Right. And so I don't want to feel like I'm giving her an ultimatum, but I needed to you're, let her know. You're not giving her an ultimatum. You're letting her know the reality. This is what I will do to survive. Exactly. And so there have come a few positions open, a couple in professional development and a couple in secondary music, teaching choirs and bands. Mm -hmm. And I have applied for what I have applied for. And here's hoping and send all your good energies our way, friends, that I can get one of them. Because usually when that happens, and you might remember the story from approximately 52 episodes ago, that the job was taken by the straight guy who was local. Mm-hmm. 
Here's hoping that my job isn't sniped by another straight local white guy. Right. We will see. We will see. What are some of the things that will change for you in a different position, like with older kids? What are some of the things that you'll be able to feel more comfortable about with yourself and your own gender dysphoria? When you and I were getting married, Mm -hmm. the kids would always ask if that person on my desk was my husband. And I would always say yes, because it's a masculine looking person. And even though you were presenting female at the time and the rest of the world, including my colleagues, considered you my wife, Mm -hmm. I didn't want the parent issues of being a queer teacher working with small bodies. Mm -hmm. And now that I am married to a guy... And that is not the easy way to out myself as, hi, I'm queer, something, something, my wife, something, something, Mm -hmm. which you have said it's totally okay as long as I still give you the right pronouns. Mm -hmm. It's still just not an option with small people to Mm. be that open about being different. And one of the things that I love the most about working with older students, with middle and high school students, was being able to be that queer role model. Which they can quite frankly use. If we look all over the media. One of the reasons that we do this project, the podcast, is so that people can see real live trans adults as the hashtag goes. <laughs> have you seen that hashtag? No, it's kind of great. No, I haven't seen that. You, and, have to, you have to show me. Yes. Because, you know, the interwebs are not my native land. I, I need a tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> I am your tour guide often enough. But I want to be that real live queer adult when in the conservative Mormon slash Catholic West, so many of these kids, if they are gender variant in any way, if they have an orientation that is anything but 100% hetero, they are awful horrible people and they're going to hell and their life is going to never amount to anything, according to their parents and or religious group. Yikes. And that's not how it works. We're here. We have worked our butts up to becoming solidly middle class. We are fairly successful in our careers. We have we have a good life as these big fat effing queers. So there, even if our kids do drive us close to the edge on a regular basis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I remember, and I think we mentioned this once, I've had more than a few queer students in elementary who are pretty obviously expressing some gender variance, Mm -hmm. who are pretty obviously expressing some non-heteronormative attractions, who are pretty obviously really big queers, even (laughs) in upper elementary. Mm -hmm. And I can't say a damn thing to encourage them. Because you're... Because it's elementary. Yeah. Whereas in a middle school or a high school, you have more freedom to say, hey, over here. I'm a surviving one of you. Yes. <laughs> you can do it. And Go it, team. Yes. People are less fearful. I wouldn't say less protective, but they're less fearful for their children at that point interacting with more diverse individuals. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't want a queer teaching your first grader, but it might not be so bad if it's a queer teaching their high school band. Okay. That- according to the parents in our... Yes, I understand. I like them to teach all the subjects, but that's okay. You know, I've got a different view on things. Yes, well, (laughs) me too. But yes, we do have a different view from that of our old boys club local community. Mm -hmm. So I've got all my applications in and I'm waiting for callbacks at this point. So here's hoping for some microphone magic again. Mm -hmm. Again. Well, I think it's obvious that 
people have said for years that a teacher can be that inspiring person to a student in many ways. And, and this is one of the ways that's important to us, you, to you and I. I can't imagine what kind of inspiration that might have been for me to be able to see that as a young person. The only real-life queer adults were characters on TV, and even then they were more often the butt of jokes than anything. Yeah, and not until much later in life. So right. in any case, I hope you get to be the inspiration for... Showing kids that they can make it better. It gets better. It doesn't get better. You make it better. Well, they don't know who's doing what at that point, but they need to know it can get better. Mm -hmm. And that would be good if you could be one of those people for them. I really hope so. I really, really hope so. Me too. So is so, that it? I think that should be it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! A podcast. Let me first sniffle and try to swallow and stuff like that. <laughs> Would you like to blow your nose? <clears throat> A podcast about gender, identity, orientation... And all the freaking dogs that snuffle around us. <laughs> Should we try that again? Yes. So they they needed to give you well not it, quite a whole person. Yeah, it it was considered 0. 0.6 of a person, which it, means it seems that they like would, it should be considered more like 0. 0.875 or something. But well, if you consider 450 being the top out, what they call a um, allocation threshold. If you're saying 4 to 450, yeah, that's why I'm thinking Well, if there's eight. less than 4, then it's a 0. 0.8. If it's more than 450, then it's 1 point something. There are words on the aglets I of your... I saw that earlier, too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracting you. Words are distracting. <laughs> they are distracting to I me. Know. I like words. Well... Excuse me. <laughs> the inspiration for It Gets Better by getting... No, it's in my pocket. Okay. So we'll say that over again. So... Yes. <laughs> <laughs>